on TV, online and on your smartphone. This is Ticker News. You are watching Ticker today. I'm Aaron Young. Australia's former Prime Minister Paul Keating is used to ruffling feathers, but now is labelled the Secretary General of NATO a complete fool. Mr Keating issued a statement that slammed NATO's planned expansion into Asia, warning it could bring the militarism of Europe into the region. He says exporting that malicious poison to Asia would be akin to Asia welcoming the plague itself. And we're joined by Dr Keith Souter, who's a global futurist on this as well. What do you think of Paul Keating? comments here? I think it's inappropriate for a former Prime Minister to be using that sort of language. Um, and all that Jen Stoltenberg was seeking to do, the NATO Secretary General, was to have some sort of liaison officer in office in Turkey. In Tur <clears throat> That's all that he was seeking. It wasn't as though NATO is actually at the moment seeking to get uh, Japan, South Korea and Russia to join NATO. We are already in some sort of associate status. They've got a more fancy term, but essentially our associate prime minister is to attend the NATO summit, but he's there as an observer. He's not there as a voting member. Um, and all that Stoltenberg was saying is let NATO have an office in Japan. And we get this outrage from Paul Keating. Um, so um, I'm, I'm sorry that he, he took such a, an unpleasantly abrasive approach to the NATO Secretary General, who's one of the most mild-mannered and very consensus-driven individuals that you can encounter. Uh, much like yourself, of course. Uh, now, obviously, when we talk about um, NATO, we're talking about a regional alliance, and there are a lot of regional alliances. But as we have seen with the war in Ukraine, China does have a big part that it could play, possibly has been playing in this as well. All countries seem, or Western countries, seem to be supporting Ukraine when it comes to military power and whatever they can do too. So, Given that you are a global futurist, do you think that we are moving away from these kind of regional-based alliances and, in fact, the whole world is turning into the axis and evil once again kind of concept of those who are with Russia and China, those who are against and perhaps with the United States, and then there's a whole group in the middle that basically just want the best deal from whoever they can get it from? Yes, I think that's a very good way of summing it up, that in effect we're putting the clock back 70-odd years. So you had the first world linked with the United States, second world linked with the Soviet Union, now Russia, and you've got the vast majority of humankind, like India, uh, who just simply say, we'll do deals with both sides. We're not, we're not trying to pick winners out of this dispute. I think that the important issue to note is that military alliances generally don't last long. Winston Churchill shocked the House of Commons in World War II by pointing out that the United Kingdom has a still extant military agreement with Portugal that I think was then about three or 400 years old. That's the exception. Most military alliances collapse as soon as a war is over. Um, and so it's interesting, going back to the old Cold War history, the United States created a series of regional alliances around the old Soviet Union and around China. And these are ones, most of them, except for NATO, all of them have disappeared. CETO and CENTO have, have gone. People can't even remember what those initials stand for. So that was a theory of containment. In other words, that you have the country and you then build up the allies around it to try to hold it in place. And that is exactly the paranoia that the Chinese have at the moment, because they can see 
when when they look out from uh, from say Beijing, everywhere they look, there are people who don't like them. You've got the Japanese, you've got the South Koreans. Further south, of course, to a certain extent, will be the Australians. Um, so there are a lot of, and of course, the Indians have border disputes with China as well. So although India tries to be on good terms with Russia, it's not always on good terms with China. So it is a very complicated collection of of alliances. Um, India, as a rule, doesn't join alliances. So the yeah. Quad, which well, is the United wherever. States, it's interesting about India as well, isn't it? Because they, you know, a lot of people say, why do the Indians keep buying stuff from Russia? And one perspective is, well, after their independence, buying Western goods they weren't allowed. No one wanted to sell them, and it's three times more expensive than buying stuff from Russia, military hardware. And once you get on the bandwagon, you're stuck with them because it needs to be maintained. That's right. So you actually get locked into an ecosystem. Rolls-Royce in the old days used to boast that they practically gave their engines away, knowing that once you'd acquired engines for your aircraft, you then had to have this long-term maintenance arrangement with um, Rolls-Royce in order to always have technicians there. So that's where they made the money, on maintenance rather than the actual sale of the equipment. It's a bit like computers to this day. You have an Apple ecosystem, for example. So you buy your computer, but the real cost is in constantly maintaining and updating and the apps, et cetera. Um, and that's what we see now with military equipment, that once yeah, you embark yeah. on a particular strand, you just yeah. continue to add to it on that same strand. Yeah, all right, we'll leave it there for now. Dr. Keith Sud, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. And that is the program for now. For more, you can head to tickernews.co. I'm Aaron Young. Hope to see you soon.